You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Man, it's been a while. Since the old home setup. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go! Let's go! Presented, <laughs> as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up and gamble along with us. We're going remote today because I got the sniffles. Day number two in a, uh, in a row. Great job, fellas, yesterday holding down the fort. Fun show. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, sir. You were missed. You were missed. <laughs> chat, the chat was popping. It was a good time. It's actually fun, man. It's funny being on the other side of a show when, like, some days when you miss, you're on vacation or this or that. Yesterday, I had nothing to do. I was just sitting in my room by myself trying to be away from everyone, and uh, it was fun. I get I get why people like the show. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing might be a good thing. Like, it might, might be a good, be a thing, good show. Yeah. From this side, it's hard to tell. That's all we're saying. It's, it's funny, man, because it is true. Like, after a game, like, last night was a – I would call it a vibey win. I would call it a vibey win. I was – Sure. I – so a little peek behind the curtain here. Um, I know what it's like when you're trying to decide whether funky music or not. Like it's tough. Last night was probably like right on the edge. Right there. What was the conversation yeah. like? Well, I mean, you guys know me. I'm. I feel like I'm against funky music more often than everybody else is. Like I feel like I have a higher bar than everybody else for funky music. Yeah. So I was a no. I for ultimately I think if Miami was full strength I would have sent it but if there was just enough there was just enough of take care of business element that maybe for the 40 win nuggets the bar should be higher but I would I would do it every time if I could That's actually a hilarious take vote because it is funny that like the better the team is the fewer funky music games there will be because the expectation gets higher That's right yeah so uh it's just kind of one of those fun things We got a great show for you today though we have one of the most precious things that a fan base can have. Righteous indignation. Let's go. We've got it, baby. We've got it as the Nuggets get not one, but two more snubs. You thought you were snubbed already with Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray not making it to the uh, All-Star game. No. MPJ, KCP left off for some reason. We'll have to... I have to get a little conspiracy theory-esque uh, about why that might have happened and talk about what it means. I also want to talk about, can the Nuggets, they're the 13th ranked defense, can they become a top 10 defense by the end of the year? And wouldn't that be funny if they silenced the number one doubt? I also want to put some respect on various people's name that we haven't really put respect on earlier. We're going to see if they deserve it or not. Mm. And then lastly, mm. I want to look at the Western Conference here right around the All-Star break and say, which teams do you feel are rising? Which ones do you feel are falling? We'll do all of that and more. I do have my great panel with me today at the DNVR office. It's Harrison Wynn. I had to flip over this whiteboard to uh, to keep some top secret material on the download. You guys don't want to know what's on the other side of this whiteboard. Oh, you wow. Know. Man, that's so tempting to find out what the money could possibly be. <laughs> I could flip it. I could flip it. You could. I've also got Brendan Vote in the house. There's a window on the other side of that whiteboard. So anyone walking by in the hallway, they get all the top secret information. <laughs> they do. I'm doing great, though. Happy to be here, fellas. What is this? The pandemic? What's going on? Why I know. I, this does feel like here? the pandemic. Um, all right. Let's get to our top story today, guys, which is that the news came out last night that the three-point field is set and on the list are some guys who don't shoot 40%. In fact, a lot of them. Hmm. But not on the list are two Denver Nuggets who do shoot 40%. Very curious. We go through the list of participants. Jason Tatum, your boy. Kevin Herter. <laughs> Tyler Hero. Tyrese Halliburton. 
Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Lowry Markkinen. What's your guys' first impression here, first of all? Like, I actually did not think Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray were going to get selected to the game. I just – it makes sense. I can't be too upset about it. Whatever. This one, I was like, for sure, one of these guys is going to end up on it. Just for sure, they were going to get the invite. So for me personally, I was surprised. What about you guys? Win. Well, Buddy Heald's got to have something on NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. He's got to. Um, really? This is Buddy Heald's, by my count, 10th straight appearance in the three-point contest. I, he gets in every year for some reason. Doesn't matter what team he's on. He just gets in. Um, but, I mean, guys, I think we have to open up a full investigation. I think okay. we have to uh, find out what's going on in the NBA. I feel like we have to find out what's going on at All-Star Weekend. We have to appoint oh, no. a special counsel. Uh, oh, no. We have to appoint an independent investigator. I'm just going to appoint D-Line. I think yep, he'd be call. good at this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the NBA, I feel like, is trying to make it so the Denver Nuggets just do not exist. I feel like that <laughs> is their goal. It's to make sure the Denver wow. Nuggets are not known by anybody. They've done everything they can to make sure Nicole Jokic does not win an MVP. He's won two. He's going to make it three. I mean, the All-Star game, how does the number one seed in the West only have one All-Star? I remember when the Atlanta Hawks, the number one seed in the East, got everybody into the All-Star game that year. I feel like the NBA is just trying to make sure the Denver Nuggets do not exist. Well, I don't know what's going on. Listen, when this reminds me a lot of schedule day, consider the fact that they forgot. I feel like we <laughs> can't roll that out. Uh, it's so true, though. I'm just we're going to go full respect Twitter. We're doing it. That's what this segment is. Oh, let's go. The Hawks had four all stars, all star, not participate. All uh, like why does the it, fine? You don't want to send multiple nuggets to the all star game. They're the one seat out west, but neither one, neither one of those guys has really been an all star. Fine. Here's your easy fix. Get them some participants. It's actually in the three-point race take. Here's an it's easy the, fix. Like easiest way safety. to represent the Denver Nuggets. Put Aaron Gordon in the dunk contest. Put KCP in the three-point contest. They didn't do that. I think it's possible they forgot about the Denver Nuggets. But uh, maybe <laughs> Wind is right that they just don't care. You know who they didn't forget about? The Boston Celtics. <laughs> Let's go turn this into a double hate. Jason Tatum is shooting 35% from three. Now, let's consider some counters. I'm going to be rational about this. Well, Brendan, yeah, you are. Well, Brendan, he's a volume shooter. Okay. Has he considered shooting less? He doesn't make enough of them. Don't shoot nine threes a game. Now, I saw some really interesting data from some Celtics fans suggesting that Tatum might do well in this contest. And they're right, because let's look at the data. Catch and shoot Tatum? From the corners, excellent three-point shooter. And if he wants to be in this contest, those are the shots he should take. But why is his percentage 35%? Because yeah. those are not the shots he takes. What <laughs> shots does he take, guys? Bad ones. Over double teams. He takes bad shots. He's a great player. He's a great player. Oh probably the best player. Maybe Al Horford. Probably the best player. Kill, where are you at, man? I mean, out come east, on. Okay? But... That's what the effing all-star game is for. That's what the all-NBA teams are for. That's what the MV NBA MVP conversation is for. It's fucking not what the three-point contest is for. That's for the best three-point shooters. Jason Tatum isn't one of them. Oh my God! Let the man cook. First Sorry, of all, I, was a, I got that was, was a little. I was yelling. I apologize. I love it. I love the idea of like you know what Tatum probably will do good in this because he's a good shooter. He just takes horrible atrocious horrible shots. I mean, I actually think your best take in here is like if you look around the landscape. I mean, the Nuggets are the number one seed, so you automatically like teams that are the number one seed when there's guys in the bubble, they just get the the default. That didn't happen with Denver. Whatever. Like we all can agree. Murray, Gordon, who's it going to be? Like, the West has a lot of good players. So we could all say. But it was the easiest get right. Like, but you're the number one seed and we only gave you one, despite the fact we gave other teams two. But we'll give you only one. It's, it's, but you're, it's right there. Take but it. But you're also the number one three-point shooting team 
Oh my god. We have a marquee event. The three point contest has become the marquee event of of Friday or it's is the it best Friday? Event. Saturday it's the maybe. Best event. Saturday. It's the marquee event now. Like that's what everybody wants to get in on. That's what everybody wants to watch. You have a number one three point shooting team. You have a team that probably was on the bubble for a couple of all-stars that deserves some recognition. And yet you don't go there. I honestly, here's my take on this today or whenever, did it come out last night or today? I don't remember today, this morning, today, I spit my coffee out, Adam. That's why I remember today is the day KCP officially became a nugget. Oh, this is my take. Oh, let's go. I mean, KCP, I talked about, I hope he was a nugget forever. Like, you know, he has a Lakers stint. He has these other stints. How am I losing everybody? Are you out of here, vote? I thought I was still here. Can you? What happened here? This kid Kelsey, pushing some buttons here, making me confused. Um, I think that honestly, like KCP, when he was a Laker, a lot of this is just like if you look at the names, it's who do people talk about. A lot of this is who do people talk about. I mean, Jason Tatum. I mean, come on, he's just known. Damian Lillard is so good. He got Anthony Simons a, a spot here. Lowry Markkinen. You could say like, okay, whatever. He's you know he's uh he's been great. He's been great, but also it's in Utah. Like, let's not kid ourselves. It's like Lowry Markkinen's not. If you told me, like, give me the premier three-point shooters in the NBA, I wouldn't be like, well, Lowry Markkinen's up there. You, you know, he's he. There's a little bit of a hometown cooking here, but you got some other guys on this list, and I'm just like, how are they pat? How are they jumping the line? How are they skipping the line? And that's that's exactly what I see this as. So for me, this is the time where KCP and I, I swear to God, players that come to Denver like learn this, especially when they come from big markets. When they come from LA, they're kind of like, why is it so different now? Like Hang on, is- that was a foul two years ago. I'm like pretty sure I can show you the clip. And I know some people were were saying like the um, maybe they declined it. Maybe this or that. Nope, I talked to Nuggets, uh, someone with the Nuggets today, just to make sure, and I can confirm, they were not invited. You saw KCP today had the tweet, I guess my 45% wasn't good enough. Neither Michael Porter nor KCP were invited. I actually think this is a major deal. Major is doing too much work. Nothing about about All-Star Weekend is a major deal. But I mean, this one is a legitimate snub. You know how people will talk about a snub and it's like whatever. This one to me is an actual legitimate no. NBA, you dropped the ball, you assholes. It's not even that the Nuggets are like at the top of the West and have been number one in the West for most of the season. They're five games clear of the number two seed. They're running away with the Western Conference. The wide open West. They're running away with the wide open West. Yeah. I mean, if the Nuggets were not called the Denver Nuggets and it was – any other team at the number one seed five games up on the number two seed. Nobody would be talking about the West as quote wide open. It's only wide open because the nuggets are leading it. Um, That's just the facts. And um, they are the number one, three point shooting team. They've been the number one, three point shooting team all season. Like the nuggets have been the story of the Western conference all year long. And if they can't get any, representation other than Nicole Jokic, who wasn't even put into the all-star game by the league. I'll say that he was put into the all-star game by the fans. The league isn't even the one who's put Nicole Jokic into the all-star game. I love this take. He might not have made it in by the league. Who knows? We'll never know. It was the fans who got him in. Michael Malone's only there because the Nuggets are the number one seed. The fact that they didn't get any other representation in this year when they're at the top of the conference and running away with the West, they're never going to get it if they didn't get it this year. But you know what, Adam? Doesn't this fit nicely into a a larger take you've been pushing since the summer? And I'll I'll let you cook, brother. I'll let you cook. No, well, somebody somebody had it in the chat, so I kind of want to put it in here. Um, Best of both worlds. Number one seed and can still have a chip on our shoulder and can use the nobody believes us in synergy. I'm telling you, this is a real thing. And the Serb- it's funny about the Serbians because like none of this stuff, I should say a real thing. I don't know how real it actually is. But the Serbians will always talk about, we never do well when we're the like favorites. We right. always do the best right. when we're the underdogs do this or that. The best stories in their like international league um, you know, history come from when they were counted out or, or underdogs in some capacity. And I honestly think Denver has that exact same energy where Denver is in the sweet spot. They're dominating. They just went into Miami. I know Miami. It was funny. 
I never knew there were so many Heat fans because there was a lot of people like just in the mentions and everything else yesterday for some like not even like I have no thoughts about the Heat. There's not not a team I don't like or anything. And it was so funny how many people were like, yeah, well, we're missing Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, man. Like we also were shorthanded or whatever. And it's just like, guys, I wouldn't say anything about Miami. It's a good win for Denver down two of arguably two of their three or two of their four best players. And they go on the road in Miami and get a very impressive win. And more than just a good win. They dominated on offense. Their offense like couldn't be bothered by a very good Miami defense. On the road just, without key players, you know. But again, this idea of I love Harrison's point. Oh, the West is wide open. Oh, everybody's beatable out there. It's wild. Denver's on pace for what 56 wins. It's a really good record, man. Like they're a good team. Uh, and they've been pretty impressive. So to me, I do agree. Best of both worlds. Denver is going to be the feisty underdog, and I don't see that changing. I actually don't know if there's something they can do after the All-Star break where people are like, man, that's a juggernaut. I just think they'll always be, oh, that's a beatable team. For sure. And I actually think that the Suns getting Kevin Durant is probably just the best thing for the Nuggets' mental. Because I don't think this team is at its best when it's the front runner and the favorite. And the fact that Kevin Durant's in the West assures – that the Nuggets will not be the favorite to come out of the West as long as like that Phoenix team stays whole. So I, I think that's a good thing for the squad. I also think I would have, it's clear, it's very clear how much KCP wanted this. And KCP, as you said, in, in multiple ways now, like the identity of being a Nugget, it's his. And so I think Nuggets fans claim him and so wanted it for him. There is something too, as many people have pointed out in the chat, all right, fine. Take the break. Everyone rest up. Get healthy. Screw All-Star Weekend. Right. Screw the league. Right. I'm not the- even watching, actually. I'm just, I'm just not even going to watch it. I'm not paying attention. Right. I'm not going to be on right, Twitter. Well. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm boycotting here. All-Star Weekend. I'm boycotting it 100%. All right, here's, here's my final take on this, guys. And Nate Jones, I've talked about him a lot, one of my favorite follows on, on basketball Twitter, and he works with brands, brand management, marketing, a bunch, bunch of different st- uh, things in the NBA. And he's always insightful about the business side of the NBA. But one of the things he says is, you know, Jokic hasn't been a guy who has put himself out there in the media. And we know this to be true. He's not coming on the DNVR Nugget show. He's not doing a bunch of one-on-one exclusives and like just being in front of the camera. And that's part of the charm. We like him for that, that he so runs away from it. But Nate Jones's point is that doing those things elevates your profile and the profile of those around you. And I do wonder, like, do we think Jokic is going to be a star of All-Star Weekend this weekend? Absolutely not. But part of this is by his own design and by his own choice. Like, there is a way he could approach this game as, I'm a two-time MVP. I deserve more shine. And, oh, by the way, my team didn't get very much recognition here I can have that chip on my shoulder and approach this game with that. I'm not, nobody takes it that seriously, but there is a way you can go out there and be like, no, I want to be the one interviewed afterwards. And I want to say in front of everyone, I think Aaron Gordon should have been here this weekend or something like that. So I do think that Jokic, this is one thing he either can still learn or maybe he just doesn't care about and that's fine. But I do think he can help these guys get into those roles by just being a little bit more playing the game just a little bit more to try to like pressure the league into saying, Hey man, pay attention. I bet he says something about that. Someone says, Either so b- it's Jokic's before- fault. <laughs> I'm telling you the search are going to come for me in the comments today. <laughs> I bet he says something like that before the game or, you know, during all-star weekend about how the Nuggets should have more people there. I bet you he does. Um, I mean, I hope he does. Again, can I just say though? I, somebody says, Adam, you really don't understand Joker. I'm telling you, uh, Vyacheslav Perpich, I'm telling you, you don't understand American culture also. Like, this is not <laughs> what he's trying to say about Jokic. I'm trying to tell you how the NBA works, how this, like, capitalist machine that is the NBA's marketing machine works. So, I mean, th- that's the perspective I think you have to see. And he might, if he doesn't, by the way, there's nothing wrong with him saying, I don't want to participate in that. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. I'm just telling you, there are like sometimes ripple effects of that that are kind of bullshit. But even still, that point touches on like an adjacent irony in that like KCP, wasn't he? Didn't he go on the low post this year to campaign for that? Yeah, he, he did. He did go on, he, on there, to, yeah. To campaign right. for it. And it wasn't that long ago he was a, LeBron, uh, a helpful LeBron sidekick. And look, Michael Porter Jr., three back surgeries later, is not Jason Tatum. 
but he's not, I don't know, Joe Harris. I think kids know who Michael Porter Jr. is. Put these guys in All-Star Weekend. Put them in the three-point contest. Dude, the craziest like, part we, of this from a conspiracy wind is that his agent is Rich Paul. Like, I kind of thought we'd get the clutch <laughs> clutch treatment here and get inside the, think, the game. man. If, if KCP wants out of Denver in a couple of years, this is going to be why. He's like, I can't even get oh. to a freaking three-point contest, bro. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I forgot what the other thing is I was going to say. I love this take from Oso Blanco. <laughs> he compares playing with Jokic like playing at Coors Field, where people are like, yeah, but 35% on Boston taking step back threes. That's like 45% if he were playing with Jokic. Uh, that might be actually be true. <laughs> that math might check out. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's take a break. Oh, that was some sweet, righteous indignation. Uh, Man, I'm fire. so indignant about this. Let's take a break on the other side. Let's get more into some basketball stuff here, including about can the Nuggets become a top 10 defense? Uh, guys, we're, of course, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Look, if you're not set up with DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app, get set up now. Every pregame show, we hand out absolute locks to bet for that Nuggets game. DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-sweat, same-game parlay promotion going on right now where you put $10 into your account, you bet a Nuggets parlay. We'll give you the parlay on tomorrow's pregame show even. Put your parlay in. If you miss, which probably isn't going to happen, but if you miss, you get a free $10 bet back in your account. That's how easy DraftKings makes it to get set up and get started with them. Uh, so make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. That's with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And make sure to get that no sweat, same game parlay in. Bet $10. Get your money back, even if you miss. Uh, JiveHive.com. If you don't know what Jive Hive is, it is a virtual dispensary on wheels. They serve a lot of areas throughout Colorado. Uh, they serve Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. Go to JiveHive.com, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Schedule a delivery, same-day delivery, or you can schedule a delivery window. It's convenient, great pricing, and it's the best, man. Jive Hive just delivers to you. You don't even have to get there. Are the Valentine today? They, they are. are they just a Valentine they on are. Twitter. What what friends? Yeah, our one and only. Shout out Jive Hive. Jivehive.com. Get hooked up with them today. All right, there we go back. I see one over here. Uh, I was just to put a bow on the first segment. Seeing Giannis with so many Google ads makes me so jealous. I want big honey on my TV in my life. Here's what's funny. You know who else is in multiple national ads? Boban. Like, this is why when you say, like, well, Jokic couldn't do that. Like, I, honestly, if he wanted to, I think I really think he could put himself in there. And again, I like that he doesn't go out of his way. There's a big charm to Jokic's, like, you know, country sure. nature. And just like, like, that's a big part of the appeal. But <laughs> there is a – if Boban is getting these because he's the big, foreign, goofy, fun-loving guy – and he's in all of these different spots. Like, there's there's room for Jokic to pe if he should want to pursue those things. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it comes. Maybe honestly, it's just part of his evolution. And like, for a while he didn't want it. Now he does. We'll see how it happens. Um, the Nuggets enter today, guys, the 13th best defense in the NBA, which is actually pretty impressive when you think about how they started the season, how low they were. That has been since the first two weeks of the season. It has been a slow and steady climb up the rankings to where now they're 13th. And if we just look around who's right by them, 15th at the moment is the Golden State Warriors, then the Brooklyn Nets, then the Nuggets. Right ahead of them is the Timberwolves Thun and Thunder, all within 0.2 points per 100 possessions. You could make that up in one game if you have a really good defensive game. The other team has a really bad one. That's how close it is. And then to get into the top 10, you're about one point per 100 possessions behind both the Pelicans, Clippers, Suns. Do you so I asked – go ahead. Do you know how far away they are from sixth? Because that's where I want them to finish. It's precisely sixth would be the Philadelphia 76ers at 111.5. So they are roughly two points per 100 possessions behind them, okay. which is doable. I mean, again, like these things are doable. So I'll start with you, Wind. 
Is it likely, and do you think it will happen, that the Nuggets reach that coveted top 10 defensive spot by the end of the year? <sighs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. And uh, the reason for that is, first off, there's just not a ton of games left. They've played 58 games. There's like 20-something games left. I'm not great at math. And I think with the Nuggets cushion, five games up on the Grizzlies, five games up on the number two seed, I think we're just going to see them rest their guys a lot over the last 20-something games. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say no, but – They've showed me a ton defensively over the last several months. Like I'm, I'm bought into the defense now. I'm bought into the fact that you know they can lock in when they need to and play at a championship level defensively. Um, they'll jump the Timberwolves, I bet, because the Timberwolves are going to get Towns back, and so that will lower their defensive rating. <laughs> um, but top ten, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'll say, I'll say no. I'll say they finish right outside the top ten. Just, just spitball, and I wonder. If, you know, some of those Bruce and KCP lineups, if let's say Jamal is resting more, you know, can they work in Denver's favor, specifically with the defensive rating? You know, obviously you want Jamal back for this team to be its best self. But uh, I do wonder if if that'll be the case. Although having said that, the longer Bruce Brown takes on a, a larger role offensively, I think the less Denver is getting out of him defensively. So there's hmm. that might be a bit of a reach, but it's I, I um I do think it's possible. I think they've been trending in the right direction, and I, I the thing is I think they're getting a little better on the road here, just in general. Um, and and that could be a big factor yeah. as well. Yeah. I do. Th- I mean, part of this is they have a lot of road games coming up. You know, in the back half of the season, more than home games. So I there's and they've been way worse on the road. But then there's this other part, which is I feel like Denver's season is going very well so far in the pace of it, including with these injuries to Murray and Gordon, where they're just kind of sitting out and getting a little re-up. I think if you look at it, they struggled early. They kind of hit a peak. They let them through a little bit of adversity with health and things, and then they've kind of found their footing again. But I by no means feel like the Nuggets have hit their like sixth gear yet. And I think that is what, the, in fact, even talking to all of the guys on the team, what was it, two months ago, DeAndre Jordan or Jeff Green, one of those two said, like, it's after the All-Star break when you the good teams really start to focus. That's when you really start to, like, get in the zone. I feel like Denver, and I could be wrong on this, of course, but I feel like their best basketball is ahead of them. Their best regular season basketball is ahead of them. And I think that mainly when I say that, I mean on the defensive end. Their offense, like, I don't think it'll be that much better if at all, in the back half of the season. But I think their defense, their attention to detail is going to be better. That being said, I'm with wind. I think they rest enough games that cost them like the opportunity to jump into the top 10. And then, so I think they're going to be right around where they are right now as a top 13 defense. And I think that'll be pretty good. Yeah. I, have you guys – a slightly different question, top fives out the window. But have you guys seen enough – that you're like, okay, they can do it for two quarters and they can play offense for four quarters. Like, do you believe in uh, a non-liability playoff defense? Go ahead, Wind. Yeah, I do. I do, absolutely. Uh, I'll say no. You phrased it as, have you seen enough? I have not. Okay. I believe it as well as Wind, but it's more like on faith. You know, like, I'm like, I think they're capable of doing it. But I do, I would not... That will change if we don't see it over, I want to say like a five or six game period. Like I need to see it over a stretch of games in a row. If we don't see that between now and when the playoffs start, my concern level will go up. Because to your point, they've been great in the clutch and they've had little stints of it, mostly at home, where you're like, oh, that was two, three good defensive games in a row. I want to be able to see them go up against a good offensive team and say like, wow, you know what? That team looks like they can play at that level for a sustained period of time. So and I think we will. Wow. I honestly think we're so going happens to the Dallas Mavericks are coming to Ball Arena tomorrow night. I don't expect it tomorrow though, man. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> is the ultimate like last day before break. Totally, totally. I totally. mean, tomorrow might be. I'm going to bet the overs tomorrow in the game. I think that we might have like a 140, 135 type of game <laughs> at Ball Arena. Um, what about the bench? Because a lot of the defensive rating for the Nuggets has to do with the non-starter minutes. Like, how do they look in those other minutes? Thomas Bryant is not a good defensive player, 
but the unit as a whole might be better, which means more set possessions. Do you think that will – will the bench defensively be better than they, than they have been? It's a good question. Um, I mean, taking Bones Highland out of the equation will, will help the bench defense for sure. But more Thomas Bryant, less Zeke Naji will hurt the bench defense, I think. All in all, I, I expect the bench defense just to be better because I, I think more offense on that unit can help your defense as well. Yeah, totally. And, you know, you'll have Christian Brown. You'll have Vlatko eventually sliding back into that second unit. Hopefully, hopefully it's it's Vlatko there at the back. It's the going to be, man. He's been too good too much. I, I would be so shocked. And I agree. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'll say I'll say the bench defense is is slightly better with with these new additions. Yeah, I think that's the case when is just less transition, right? They're taking the ball out from under their own basket more. You're scoring more less less panicky moments in general because you can kind of stem the flow with a bucket of your own. I it is but it's true like if as Reggie and Thomas Bryant become and if they do bigger parts of that bench there's like a middle ground bench in there, which is the all defense approach. And we're going away from that. They're yeah. going away from that good, by introducing these guys. Um, so we'll have to see how that all balances out. But there's a chance that scoring more levels out the whole operation. Here's the last one for you. The three worst players on the Nuggets roster in terms of defensive rating. Let's see if you can guess them in a row. Of the guys that have played uh, real Jack White, on Pedro, the roster? Yeah. I can, no, I, well, well, on the season, I should say. On the can season. I take DeAndre Jordan? He is number th- two or three worst. He is number three. I'll worst. say Christian Brown just because everybody tells me how bad his defensive analytics are every game. No, nope. He is the best of the bench. Uh, second best oh, behind okay. Blacko. Jeff Green's got to be in the t- in the bottom three. Right? Jeff Green, number two, and then number one's Bones. And Bones, yeah, yeah. So Bones one, Jeff two, uh, DeAndre three. Those three guys might be out of the rotation now. Again, individual. Net rating is it's misleading, so I don't want us to completely rely on that. But at least it's an indicator of, hey, man, maybe you take those three pieces out and you'll see what happens. So I'm optimistic for it, and I think it would be a big boost. Like, if you think about what needs to be accomplished, I'm sure we'll do this next week as we have a bunch of non game day podcasts to do. But like, what lingering questions are left for the Nuggets this season? To me, the defense is number one. And if you check that box, if you're able to say, hey, we were a top 10 defense over the last 50 games and we were a top five over the last 20, to me, that's a huge confidence boost. It's like, hey, we are what we think we are. Let's get to the playoffs. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, uh, who needs some more respect on their name? I got a couple names. I do. I think I do, Adam. Me. What's that? Me. (laughs) Definitely not vote. Uh, We'll get to all of these names on the other side. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. They're the presenting sponsor of the Denver Sports Podcast as well that you might sometimes see in your podcast feeds. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator at breckbrew.com and make sure to pick up some Mile High City Golden Ale it's the latest and greatest from Breck Brew. You can't miss it if you see it. It's got that Nuggets can, the beautiful Rainbow Skyline logo on it. Beautiful can, beautiful box. Pick some of that up today, the Mile High City Golden Ale. It tastes great. You feel great when you're drinking it. You're supporting Breck Brew. You're supporting us. You're supporting the Nuggets. Uh, so make sure to pick some of that up. If you don't know where to get the Mile High City Golden Ale, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a location near you. Also kick off the new year with new gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays, they're an independent sunglass company. They offer a world-class product just as good as any of those expensive pairs that you've probably worn in the past. This is exclusive to our listeners. They're giving out their best deal of the year to you guys. ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR or visit them in store. They're at Park Meadows. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Use the code DNVR, 15 or sorry, 50% off, 5-0, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses with the code DNVR. 
All right, back here, segment three, DMVR Nuggets podcast. want to remind everybody, Kale, I don't know if we have the artwork out. I think Vote tweeted it yesterday, but we do have another party bus coming up now on March 25th. There's a little bit of time, and it's a unique party bus. So what it is is you actually are just buying the tickets to the bus, and then we'll, we'll do our own tickets. Now, the reason for this, or you'll have to buy your own tickets. There is a link on our website to buy them directly from the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets have kind of like made a link. There's a reason for this now that we're doing it different than usual. Usually we get a section together. It's $100. You get the bus and the ticket. This time it's just $20, and then you buy your own ticket. You get the ride to and from the bus. And the reason we're doing this is, one, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but Nuggets games have been sold out lately. <laughs> like the Nuggets being as good as they are, one of the bummers about it is now getting tickets is significantly harder. So we don't have tickets in the same section. Like there's not 100 tickets available like we have done previously. But number two, we want to do this for the playoffs. And at the playoffs, there's no way we can get a group of 100 tickets like roped off for us. There's no way. But we still want to be able to do, especially for this, some of these like weekend games, a party bus event where you go watch the game together and then come back to the bar afterwards and we all hang out and kind of celebrate what we expect to be a Nuggets win. So this is it. $20 gets you a seat on the bus. You get free beers from Breckenridge Brewery on each leg of the trip, going to the arena, coming back. It's a really great deal. You pay $20 for parking anyway. Come hang out with us, and we'll have a good time. March 25th. By the way, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis in town. So it's going to be a good – you know you want to go to that one. It's going to be a great game. I don't All know. Right. We've, ne we've never seen Giannis and Jokic play a great game head-to-head, -head, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so we've true. never seen that. What if we got a Sambor shuffle again? Unbelievable. <laughs> Let's see it. Um, all right. This is just a segment now for you guys. First, all to sort of clear out, each get a turn. We need to put some respect on some people's name who I feel like have gotten not enough, have not gotten enough respect so far this season. We're going to start with Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter is having the best season, I think, of his career, in, in, including and especially with fitting in. But sometimes fitting in makes it hard to stand out. Vote. Do we need to put some respect on Michael Porter Jr.'s name? I don't think people realize how many players, how many Hall of Famers have struggled to navigate the third best player role on a championship team, Great especially take. guys that have had the reps cut at the knees the way Michael Porter Jr. has, especially guys that have had three back surgeries. Heck, fellas, I can think of some dudes who'd be done playing. Uh, Porter is coachable. <laughs> Porter is playing defense. Porter is harder to hunt than ever before. Now that'll be put to the test in the playoffs. But in the regular season, we have seen improvement. Porter keeps his head up. Porter keeps shooting. Porter changes the geometry of the floor. Porter helps the Denver Nuggets win basketball games. The data backs this up. The eye test backs this up. It's a matter of keeping him on the floor because when he gets to play, he gets better. The Denver Nuggets are better when he plays. Yeah, can you guys imagine how big of a story Michael Porter would be if he played, say, I don't know, in Boston <laughs> and had the Boston media machine sure. behind him. He, <laughs> he might be in the all he, he'd probably be in the all-star game, Adam. <laughs> so true. He probably would have got voted in by the fans for the all-star game and media. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, like we tried to tell Michael Porter's story. I just wrote a big feature on him, kind of detailing just how perfectly he's fit into that role this season and how much credit he deserves for that. But absolutely, man. I mean, three back surgeries, holy shit. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to live after three back surgeries, let alone play in the NBA. So, yes, absolutely he deserves more respect. Porter's doing a lot of the things. Like, he's figured out how to play alongside Jokic, honestly. Like, he's learning the off-ball game better and better as time goes on. I mean, he's got that flare screen and slip that when Yoke's in the post, he'll, on the weak side, he'll set a little flare screen, and then if the defense overplays it, he slips. He gets great looks out of that. And it's you can tell it's one of those things that over time, that's not a scripted action. That's a lot of just, like, reading the court. Like, okay, I'm not just going to stand. I'm not just going to cut. I'm going to set the screen up and then slip. Um, so he's learning stuff like that. But I think the most impressive – and then his defense, by the way. After the game, Michael Malone was talking about – we keep talking about his athleticism and how he's dunking more, he's getting to the rim more, he's doing those things. But really, his athleticism is popping the most on the defensive end because he's just able to keep guys in front of him. I, I'm so curious to see if teams ISO MPJ in the playoffs and down the stretch because he's getting more and more up for those challenges, and I'm impressed with it. But the number one thing to me that I'm impressed with is that MPJ – had a long way to go 
and he's kind of taken everything one step at a time this season. Mm. I, I mean, honestly, you think about it. When he came in early, we were like, okay, I feel like we can get more shots for MPJ. I feel like he can do this and this. And he has just sort of been consistently in that role. And it's, I think, expanding slowly but surely. And he seems content with that. And I'm just so impressed with it. One, one yeah. more note for me, guys, on Porter. He's never going to have assist numbers. He's never going to be a playmaker. Him looking at the rim does not result in points for other players. He is far less of a roadblock to ball is popping possessions than his yes. reputation would ever suggest. He's Strong actually agree. a sneaky, capable passer, keeps the ball moving. He's seven feet tall, so it helps with, with entry passes and, and even just swinging when he's in awkward positions. It always looks too nonchalant. Um, but he can do it. He's a part, he's, he either shoots or he keeps the ball moving. Rarely does Porter hijack the offense, even when he shoots a lot. And I think that part has been really underrated. That's how you slide in as a third option. All right. This next one, you guys are going to be, uh, this one. I'm curious, more respect. We need to put more respect on their name. Harrison, the Cronkies, the Cronkies nuggets. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely, let's man. I mean, just look at what's going on in Minnesota, bro. Like Tim Connolly went to the, almost. I know, but I mean, Tim Connolly went to Minnesota. And I mean, if you know anything about Tim Connolly, if you tracked what he did in Denver, how he operated, the Rudy Gobert move was a very un-Tim Connolly-like move. Like that was a move clearly uh, driven from ownership. And like that's just the ultimate like comparison. Like look at that move and how the Cronkies have let the nuggets operate and build slowly and have patience here in Denver. I don't know a lot of ownership groups out there that would have let the nuggets be as patient or let their team be as patient as the nuggets are like, it's pretty incredible, man. Um, It's it's pretty incredible how they've let this team just slow play everything and just be patient and build and see the vision. I don't think there's a lot of other ownerships that have, that would have done that. They would have traded Jamal Murray years ago. They probably would have given up on Michael Porter Jr. Who knows? They may have traded Nikola Jokic four years ago um, for, I don't know, like Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Oh, an inpatient owner. There's no question that an inpatient owner would have cashed Jokic in sophomore season because they could have gotten like Jimmy Butler or something at that time. I mean, honestly, they could have gotten Jalen Brown. Can you imagine like how we would feel right now if we traded Jokic for Jalen Brown, who by that time you would have probably had to include a pick or something. And by all accounts, that's their MO and how they operate with the Avs and other other properties as well. So I think the laissez-faire approach or the non-meddling approach is worthy of of uh credit uh but the point made by the chat like there are other elements to particularly their ownership of the denver nuggets property that are considerably lacking um the lack of any sort of alternative to get the team on tv is is an obvious one i'll I'll say this about the tv thing and i'm with you like to me the cronky should have found a way early on i will say that they are available now and i think that the complaints like over the last six seven really this season have been more about a lack of understanding the direction media in general is going. Like, and and so I'm with you about the last two, three years. Like they've had an opportunity. I think they handled it very poorly. I think it was bad management to get, let it get to this point. I think there were alternatives, but now I look at it and I go, it's not that hard to actually get the game. If you're just willing to, to like figure out how to do it. And the the complaints have lingered on in a way that I'm like, I don't know, man, let's, let's wait and see how this is all going to shake out. Nonetheless, here's the bigger (laughs) take. Another five years. (laughs) Here's the bigger take. I mean, the Cronkies are having a hilarious moment right now where the Rams just won. The Avs just won. Uh, Arsenal's going to win the premier league, which is pretty wild considering how many Arsenal fans were in our mentions the last two years. Like, do you guys know where he lives? Can you give me an address? <laughs> I just want to talk, man. I just want to talk. Uh, and now here you have the Nuggets with a two-time MVP and the number one seed. I say, I'm going to say yes. A lot of people question whether or not they would go into the tax. They seem to have not cared at all about the tax. They have a roster in the tax now, set up to be in the tax next year, and set up to be for a while. Like I, I I'm, I'm not trying to dis, to take away from the the TV thing. I'm just saying it's in context of everything else, and I actually feel like. Just watching the last seven, eight years, Vote's point about the patience and how important that is is so big. And when you watch it unfold like that, you really realize not everybody would do that. 
Um, and then also, I am still waiting to see the uh, the plans for the practice facility. Just just waiting on those. <laughs> you might be waiting for a long time on those ones. I, I was told they're coming though. I was told uh, they're Michael works. Malone, dude, yes, he gets no yeah. respect. I'm not gonna lie, hey, he man. gets no respect. I think, and understandably so, the seat warmers were on in November and early December. It was not looking good in more ways than one. He's got these guys playing, as we always say, one way or another. He has come around to the answers and the rotation, and maybe it took longer than some preferred, but he has. You know, Michael Malone has empowered Jokic. Jokic is the key behind all of it, but you should have heard Eric Spolstra raving, and maybe you guys did if you saw the clips about the unique nature of Denver's offense, how hard they work to put Jokic in different spots on the floor, how in a league full of teams that only play pick and roll, Denver can beat you and will beat you myriad ways. A guy who has insisted that defense matters to a group of players who briefly looked like they strongly disagreed. It's all bearing fruit. Is he the best possible coach for this team? I don't know. I can't see alternative timelines, but they are the one seed out West. They're running away with it. You certainly can't say he's doing a bad job. And do you hear him talked about it all for coach of the year? Maybe something to talk about considering no co-all-stars, no one even in these, in these contests. I mean, someone has to get credit and Jokic should get the lion's share, but someone has to get credit in Denver for all that's going right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Malone's just, uh, willingness to kind of experiment a little more this year than he has in years past. Um, I mean, Christian Brown, I know I've made a big deal out of it the whole year, but he, Christian Brown now is a piece for this team as a rookie. He's a, a piece that's playing 20 minutes a game off the bench every single night. Uh, he's staggered like one starter usually with the bench all season, which is something we've been asking right. for the last three years or so. Um He's run with Vlatko for most of this season. And, and now Vlatko, you know, is a piece for this team after being a bench warmer the last three years. So I just think his willingness to kind of mix it up this year has, has really shined through. And I think also if you just look at, you know, the last four years or so and just kind of the Michael Porter Jr. angle of it, I mean, I think Malone deserves a lot of credit for, you know, helping – helping Porter find the perfect role. Like, yeah, Porter deserves a lot of credit too for playing better defense, buying in on that end, kind of honing his game into this, the exact role player mindset that he needs to be in. But, I mean, Malone's been preaching that every day from him, you know, since Michael Porter got here. So I just think, yeah, for all those things, he definitely deserves a lot more credit because he gets absolutely none right now. I mean, here he says, like, this is one of the things. And again, I don't want to say that I know I'm right on this. There's room for this. Somebody in the chat right now, Vyacheslav says, yeah, but he didn't play Christian Brown when it obviously already he has an impact player. Here's the thing about it, man. There was a great quote from Malone after the game on one of the games where Bones was benched right before he got traded, where Malone was asked about Christian Brown. And he said, one of the things I love about him is he had to earn his minutes and he accepted that. And I'm telling you, with rookies, first of all, 82 games, no player has ever played that. Like, physically, that's more than people expect. Even good players, good college players coming to the NBA and hit the rookie wall. I think that Christian Brown is less likely in part because of the ramp up, because of the like, hey, man, it's a long season. We want to make sure physically you're working on certain things and getting ready. But the biggest thing is I just think it's underappreciated how much making a player earn it matters in the NBA to everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, like all the guys that have been there. They know how a lot of teams operate with, uh, well, why is that guy playing? Because he was promised to. Not because he's good enough, not because he's earned it, but just because that's the way it is and we all have to accept it. And it causes a lack of faith, a lack of buy-in and all these different things. And so with Michael Malone, I think two things are true. I don't think he's the coach for every player. And I think some players have fallen through the cracks in Denver specifically because sure. of Michael Malone. Sure. I don't like absolve him of at least some of the blame there. I do think he's a great coach for his type of guys. And I think one of the things about Calvin Booth is he has brought in a lot of Malone guys. And I think it's some of some of being a great manager is giving the chef the right, the ingredients that he wants to, within reason and, and, and sort of constructing it there. And, um, so I, I, the Christian Brown thing was frustrating to me as well. You guys watch the show. You guys know I was upset about it. 
But I do think that it is going to pay off so long as he's not pulled from the rotation now that you get some new players in. Yeah. All right, the last one, the one the, the, the audience is clamoring for, and he was on the list, people. Don't think I just added this. Vlatko Chanchar. Let's do it. Let's Vlatko do it. Chanchar. Put some respect on his name, vote. Hey, man, drop the irony and drop the caveats if you haven't already. You don't need to qualify this. Vlatko Chanchar is an NBA player, man. He should be a part of this rotation going forward. This rotation being the one seed out West, he should be a part of that rotation when everyone is healthy. And if he's not, then he should start looking for a team that will give it to him because there's a lot of teams out there. And if he can play this well for the Denver Nuggets, someone's got to find a way to, to capture that value. I think it'll be Denver. I hope he sticks around. Uh, Michael Malone did give him the spot start. He did give him the defensive player of the game chain. I keep thinking this about Vlaco. Is he elite in the NBA in any one area? Maybe only half court shots. Maybe only half court shots. But <laughs> how? Dunks. How? Maybe three point shots. I know he <laughs> might be, man. He might be. I wonder too. At least in the corner. But consider with Vlaco to me how few deficiencies he has. This guy can pass. This guy can defend. This guy can rebound. This guy can score better than we realize. This guy can dunk from further out than we can realize. He understands basketball. He's been a professional since he was a teenager. And what's really struck me in the NBA in my short time doing this is how much coaching still needs to be done at the highest level, even for the very best players. Not true with Vlatko. He's been coached. He's learned how to play pro ball. And it pops. The experience pops on the screen. Thanks for reading my article vote. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Well, glad you I actually glad you have to read that. Yeah. I mean, Vlaco doesn't have any holes in his game, really. He's, he's pretty good at everything to, to be a hundred percent honest. And I think it's just been one of the, um, one of the, the most satisfying storylines of this season, for sure. Vlaco going from, Oh, you know, he's on the team because he speaks Serbian and he's Jokic's buddy and maybe they share an agent and that's why he's here. And he's just like a good, he's, he's a great team guy. He's another coach on the sidelines. That was who he was the first three seasons he was here right. in Denver. Right. And then he signed a contract, a new three-year contract at the beginning of this season. And we were all like, really? Three years for Vlatko? I mean, like, I love him, but. This contract on the Vlatko? team right now. Honest to God, full stop. Like he yeah. has the best value contract for the nuggets they are so lucky that he has two more years after the season on yes and all of a sudden this year he's if you're looking at just role players everybody outside the big four he's one of denver's most consistent guys maybe their most consistent guy outside of the big four so it's been it's been just an awesome story this year so I honestly look here and think Vlaco on that contract sets Denver up so well. You've got Christian Brown on a on a rookie. You've got Vlaco Chanchar on a minimum. That gives you two guys on top of your starting five being locked up for for years to come. That gives you seven guys that you like. Denver next year, as they build their roster going forward, only needs to find like two more guys. Honestly, you're gonna because you already have all the rest of the pieces. Now there's tough questions to answer and this or that, but to me, I look at it and I go, you have two very solid rotation pieces in your backcourt for years to come, and that's just such a luxury to have. Put some respect on Blacko's name. He's an NBA player, and to me, I love Zeke Naji. I'm a big Zeke Naji fan. He is behind Vlaco Chanchar until further notice, until like proven otherwise. And I don't think that's happening anytime soon. To me, he's in the circle of trust, he's in the rotation. I love the way he plays. And I'm excited for it. All right, one mini break here. And then on the other side, let's talk about the West real quick. We're going to go through the entire standings and say where they finish higher or lower than where they currently are. Guys, the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app using our link in the YouTube description. It's also in the podcast description as well if you're listening to this there. Game Time's the hottest new ticketing site. It makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. You can sit courtside behind home plate floor seats at a concert it's all possible with the game time app these they got these great last minute price drops too that make these seats a price that you never thought they'd be download the game time app using our link in the description the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through that link join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite sporting events get the game time app now it's your one-stop shop for sports concerts shows whatever you need don't be messing with all those other third-party sites use the game time app 
concert shows, sporting events, whatever you need, they got you. All righty, let's go quickly through this. Um, actually, we have some super chats. Let's hit those first, Kale. What do we got from the people? Uh, Brad says, Locked on Heat was locked on Jokic today. <laughs> people don't, well, first of all, how could you watch that game and not walk away from Ooh. it? Like, wow, that dude's pretty good. Um, and then, second of all, uh, Wes Goldberg is my partner on Locked On NBA on Friday, so that's a you know that's a buddy of mine, and uh, he's he's really good. So I'm not surprised he was given a little love. Shouts to to Wes. By the way, you know, real quick, Kale, but the the Locked On Pod, it's great that they were doing that. But you know, I, because I had to, I usually watch uh, at the arena. So for me, I at my home setup, I don't actually even have the games because I'm never at home unless I'm like sick. So last night I was riding the high seas and watching the uh, game on the Heat's broadcast. The uh, they raved about Jokic the whole time too. It was it's hilarious when like literally every time they're like, "My goodness, I mean, wh- how do you stop that?" Totally, yeah, you don't. It's fun. It's great. It's, it's it's a lot of fun. All right, what else we got? Uh, James says more respect for twenty zero and triple doubles. This should be a national story. If LBJ was doing it, there'd be a dedicated tracker. James Davis is testing the limits of righteous indignation. And can I tell you something, fellas? He's right. Approved. Great take. Absolutely. Great take there, James. Bring in the heat. You guys don't have anything to add there? I thought. That oh was no. Great. He's right. He's right. And it's Absolutely. like the easiest – when you get stuck in an annoying, like, well, how come the Westbrook triple-double? Like, you actually have a very neat, easy – he's 20 and all. Also, he shot 20% better from the field. That part two I mean, and the one seed. I mean, it is a little weird. Like, I'm rooting weirdly for Jokic to not go under 50%. Like, it's it's become a thing to me. Oh, of course. It's almost a distraction. And I will say, it does suck that the one game he went below is a game they blew out where he could have just gone back in and made two in a row and been like, okay, like we got little did we know that was game like six of the season. If that game happened three months later, he would have, by the way. He might have. But it's gonna be great. That that 20 and 0 thing is actually really freaking dope. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really dope. Yeah. It's the most uh, Jokic stat I've ever seen, to be it honest. It might be. Like last year, Ryan Ryan um, Blackburn really brought into everybody's conversation the 2000-1500, and that helped, That was part of what helped as well. If Jokic's to the end of the season, it's like Denver's 33. He averages a triple-double, and they're 33-0 and when he gets a triple-double. It'll be like, man, that's tough to <laughs> – that's real tough. <laughs> the fifty percent shooting is one of those too. If he yep. still only has one game below fifty percent, like that's that's a banger stat. Efficiency merchant. Haley Keel says, saying a lot that Malone, one of the longest tenure coaches currently, he's made the right decision, even if not on our timeline. Earns trust of his guys. So true. Haley and Malone. <laughs> Philly Urbanite writes, we should stop the game every time Yo gets a triple double. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yoke just oh. runs away from the bench. <laughs> That's Get it. Out of here. This is my moment. <laughs> I got a triple double. <laughs> I did it. All right, Kale. Do you have the standings to pull up in the um, in the West here? Do you have the West standings? You see my note on that? Maybe you did not. Um, Nuggets are number one. Let's go to Memphis. If you can pull those up just for a visual cue here, Kale. The Memphis are thirty-four and twenty-two. They are currently two games up from third place on the Sacramento Kings, and they are currently five games up from the Phoenix Suns. Four games behind Denver. Up, down, or staying the same, fellas? I got him even, Wind. I think uh, I think Memphis finishes out at number two. Yeah, I think they do also. I mean, they've hit a slide here, but they're better than, you know, three and seven in their last ten. I, I say Let's they stay too. the hair, Kale. So we, there we go. Um, I'm with you guys. There's a, I don't, I'm not buying Sacramento to pass them. I do think the Memphis Grizzlies fall, though. I just don't okay. think they fall far enough for anybody to pass them. But I, I would be surprised if they moved over Denver. It's possible. Denver Does plays Phoenix them twice. Make the jump? Does Phoenix make the jump? Twenty-seven to twenty-two is tough. Five games is tough when there's only twenty-five to go. Right. You're starting totally. to get into a real math issue, and I just don't see it happening, especially with KD hurt. Sacramento Kings thirty-two and twenty-four. One of the surprise stories of the season. Uh, I think they're gonna drop. I think I bet you they drop to fifth or so. Um, you can just kind of feel the momentum waning a little bit there. Fifth, man, that's four games. We're starting to get to that territory again. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, if what Jeff Green tells us is really true, you know, about some of these 
best teams, like the Clippers and Mavericks teams and Suns reaching another level here. Um, it's possible. One really unfortunate injury, not that that's necessarily on the table, but like Sacramento, you know, it's a, I think that's a delicate ecosystem to be three. Like they're, they're, they're close to the best version of themselves right now. So it, it w- I don't know if it would take much to knock them down a peg. Um, I will say that I'm openly and actively rooting for them to secure the three seed. It's I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually rooting for them to secure the four seed. Hmm. Me too. I'm rooting for them to be in Denver's bracket. So there's a little yeah. wishful thinking here. Exactly. I'm going to say that somebody passes them and I'm not sure who, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings trip up a little bit down the stretch. Um, not a lot, but just enough that they fall to the four seed. All right. Phoenix Suns currently 31 and 27. KD not healthy quite yet. What do we think? I think they're going to jump. Um, not even so much so because of Kevin Durant, just because like the vibes are so much better there now than they were even like a couple weeks ago. They got their new owner. They got those moves done at the trade deadline. They're going to get some buyout guys. I just feel like the vibes are up there. So I'll, I'll say up. I'm with wind. I think they make up this ground and you know, the Kevin Durant thing matters, but they were also without book for a while. And I just think this team's going to, gonna figure it out and they kind of have to be honest so i also think there's still for all the vibe questions about them big picture and in the playoffs like we can't forget about this group it's so they're so well coached and there's enough talent we'll figure it out um i will say this the the nuggets are in a weird spot because i think they play the suns once or twice more and you want to prove you can beat them but you also need them to win (laughs) like that maybe it's a win-win for Denver. You win, you kind of like gain a confidence. You lose, it's like good. They're going to be in the three seed, and you'll be on the opposite side of the bracket, which to me is the best case scenario for Denver mm-hmm. with the Phoenix Suns. Like as much as much as you want to be confident against everyone, at least let them beat up on each other before they get there. And they're thin. Also, they're thin. Like the deeper they go in the playoffs, I think the harder it gets for them. I go up. I think they'll be three. I think Kings four. All right, let's go quickly here. Rapid fire. Dallas Mavericks. Stay the same. Stay the same. I say down. That team, man, I've been, I watched them last night. They can um, they can score, and they can score in the clutch, but I don't think they're going to be able to guard anyone, and I think there might be a little bit of teams finding them out. Um, so I'm going to go down for them. I think they're six, maybe even seven with how close everything is. The L.A. Clippers. I'm going down. I think one of those teams catches them. I think they're going to they're gonna skip some games, and they can't afford to skip games. Don't don't guys. I don't think they're going to win a title, but don't overlook the Timberwolves getting significantly better at the right time. I think the Conley addition mattered. They're heading Ooh, in the right direction. We're almost there. All right, wind Clippers. I'll say even, even. I think they're going to stay about there. I'm going to say up. I'm buying the Clippers. I just think that they can be better. They've rested their guys in there in their spot down the stretch. You expect them to play a little bit more. I'm going to go up. I think Phoenix, Sacramento, Clippers in the playoffs, not the play-in. Dallas right on the bubble. All right. New Orleans Pelicans, they've been on a slide. Down. Down, man. I feel bad Zion. for the good people of New Orleans. Zion, hamstring issues, again, prob- might miss another month of the season. He's really yeah, on a They're going up. down. That could be I'm- catastrophic, man. How far down? Are they going out the play-in down? They're only one game in. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I them in Portland, I feel like those teams are kind of similar. Um, all right, we got to go rapid fire here. Minnesota Timberwolves up. Yeah, I, I'd say even. I'm I'm not buying Minnesota. They had they have to get Towns back. They have to reincorporate him. I like the Conley move, but like, does it make them a significantly better team? I don't know. It but does because it, it makes the their acquisition Rudy Gobert good. Like they also honestly, they also only need to be a two game better team. Like the, the, this is a tight window, you know. <laughs> they don't need to level up entirely to pass teams like LA. Golden State Warriors. By the way, I'm taking Minnesota in the playoffs. Dallas, I'm going to push them down to the seven seed. They're going to be in the play in. All right, the Warriors. KD, no timetable for return. Uh, Steph. Steph, I mean yeah. Steph. I don't know, man. Yeah. It is funny. Like this whole season, I've feared the Warriors, but I mean, I still do. Like what? What? When is it time to just accept it for you know what they are? They're just kind of a a mid team. They've been a mid team the whole season. Vote. 
there's something to where like I think people on the outside fear that team more than the fans and the team seems to believe in itself right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say up. I think they're the 8 seed. Yeah. Just, a lot of these teams are bad. So I think they're the 8 seed, Dallas the 7 seed and that's your plan. Um Utah Jazz down. Yeah, maybe down. Down for sure. I think Portland's going to make a push, not the most inspiring one. Did Adam freeze? No, he's. Oh, did I? Am I here? I'm here. You're good. Uh, All right, Jazz down. Blazers. I think up. If Jazz are down, I'll put Blazers up. I'll I'll take the Blazers to get that last spot. Yeah, man, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of a drag. I don't think they're very good, but I'm with you. Thunder. Does that mean the Thunder? You're not buying them. I think there's a chance the Thunder are up. There's a chance. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, nah, man. The 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 SGA shutdown is coming. You can feel it. You They're not. I don't. They bones. won't shut it down until it's over, man. And I'm just not sure it'll be over. I think they should want the play in too. I think they're close enough that they should start worrying about winning culture, keeping guys, getting this thing moving in the right direction. And then Lakers, last one. They are unbelievably. They're two losses out of the uh, play play in and two and a half games out of the play in like fellas it's over it's over you're calling it i'm calling it i do not think they made the playoffs put some respect on jared vanderbilt's name vote how about this <laughs> i was wondering who you were gonna how about say this? no <laughs> all right that does it for today guys we all gotta jump but uh thank you so much for hanging out with us on the show we took covered a lot of topics we had some fun along the way uh nuggets are back tomorrow for their last game Guys, tomorrow's the last game for over a week. What a bummer. I, I, I can't wait, it. man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this game and this break. No, we'll enjoy both of them. So tomorrow, Nuggets, Mavericks, will be there for the pregame show. We'll see everybody then.